We've been teaching on uh, dominion, and uh, today we, we want to deal with an aspect of dominion that's very necessary that we uh, simply be reminded of and um, 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 be, um, you know, bring it to the forefront because God really wants us to um, address this thing um, so much so because it, it, it is so influential, it is so powerful, it, 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 it causes things to happen, it causes things, it, 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 it creates, it, it uh, can break, can build up, can you know, uh, tear down, it can start, it can stop. Uh, but before I tell you what that is, last week, because I found this just so comical and funny, you know, last week when we took up our offering, I gave you the revelation that dropped on me about the geese. Hey, anybody heard about the geese? Who all heard about the geese? Okay, so we have some that haven't heard about the geese. Okay, so <laughs> has anybody ever seen a goose um, laid out on the road as roadkill? One, two, three. Has anybody ever seen a deer laid out on the road as roadkill? Oh, that's a lot more hands. I ask myself, God, why in the world does that happen? Because I remember driving, and, you know, I'm, like, driving, and there's no cars or anything, and I see this deer on the side of the road, and he, and he, and he did one of these numbers. And I'm driving, and I'm like, don't you dare. <laughs> because one just uh, uh, jumped by, and he like this. And, you know, it was almost like this conversation. Like, he wasn't in the car with me, but it's like, don't you dare. Uh, I'm a dare. Don't you dare. But it takes them about maybe two, three seconds to cross the road. But they often always get hit. And I said, why is that? Then I look at the geese. Because we got some geese in our neighborhood that think they run the joint. <laughs> geese just everywhere. And every time, geese don't care. Geese will walk out and cross the road, walk in the road, and dare you to hit them. They will just walk out, like, I need to get to the other side, so I'm going to go to the other side. And then we gave a visual of what that looked like. It simply is like this. I wish you would. I wish you would. I dare you to hit me. Let me show you one more time. I wish you would. I wish you would. So we gave that illustration just to paint a picture of confidence. <laughs> that we need to be confident like that. Like, like seriously confident. Where you're willing to not, not walk out in traffic, but you know what I'm saying. So life is coming at you like a fire hose, okay? <laughs> life comes at us like a fire hose. And it takes the wisdom of God to be able to drink from a fire hose. Because when life coming at you, you're like, God, I can't. Nah. God is like, you can bear it. Take my yoke. You can, you can deal with this. I know it's hard. I know it's hard, but try, but try going to the cross, okay? Your body all just beat up and, and mutilated to the point where you can't be recognized, okay? Would you rather go through that or go through what you're going through right now? He said, because I bore the pain or the difficulty that you've already, that you may be experiencing. I can empathize. I, I know what that feels like. But there's a level of confidence that, that, that hey, though the weapon form, it ain't going to prosper. So as, a, as a level of confidence that you're going to put one foot in front of the other. You're gonna get, you, 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 you ain't going to get like the deer to get all anxious and just, but you're going to be like the goose and just keep it moving. Just keep it moving. Now, that was on Sunday, okay? I think it was Thursday. Crazy how you just talk stuff up, you know? <laughs> I was on Route 40 in Delaware. On Route 40, okay? Driving back from picking something up. Now, the average speed limit is made about 50 miles an hour, okay? I have never seen geese on Route 40 trying to cross the road. Never. So I said that on Sunday. This happened Thursday. I'm driving... And I said, what? I'm approaching, and mind you, they were crossing like at the crosswalk at the intersection. <laughs> they weren't jaywalking. 
Everybody say geese are dumb. They got some smarts. <laughs> you know, but they, they walking. Now, it wasn't just one. It was three geese. I was walking cross. I'm approaching this thing, and guess what I do? I stop. It's a three-lane highway. Actually, at that point, it's like four because there's one where you can get off and go to the shopping center. All four had to stop. Now, if that was a deer, that trucker going to get hit. <laughs> Let's go. We got to go. <laughs> but the goose, it was a mama goose and two baby geese. Single file. Cross the intersection. And she wasn't anxious. She was like this. Come on, y'all. Let's go. Come on. But mama, look at the cars. Mama, follow me, baby. Follow me, baby. Come on. Let's go. And I slowed down. And I said, that's crazy. I was just talking about this on Sunday. So I took out my phone and said, whoa. And then when it was done, I was like, whoa, I forgot to push record. I was like, come on. Come on. Because I was going to show it to all of y'all. Like, look what I saw. <laughs> I was mad. But there was, a, but there was like the fourth lane where cars were still, so the first three kind of slowed down because he was crossing, you know, so they kind of slowed down one. And then it was with, it's one lane where the cars were just still zipping by. And I didn't wait around to find out what was going to happen. But, you know, let's just say this edge here is where the car is zipping. And that goop is still like this. <laughs> but I kept going. But mind you, it, it was probably a car like after one, like it was one of these, like he's walking, and it was like, just like that. <laughs> so I just went on off. Now, when I saw that, I kind of looked to my left a little bit, and I saw about 50 geese waiting. <laughs> no lie. Like 50 of them just, just on, the, on the little island thing, just waiting across. Then I got another revelation. Not all geese have the same level of confidence as the other geese. surmise that they was talking like, who, all right, who gonna go? Who gonna go? Because they know they can't run as fast as a deer. They know it's gonna take about 30 seconds to cross this road. Oh, oh okay. And like, who gonna go? Who gonna go? Who gonna go? Who gonna go? Oh, I don't know. What about you? I don't know. What you think, man? I don't know. What's up? And then there was a mother that said, I got things to do. Come on, babies. Follow me. And they were just standing there. Watching the three cross, because they usually follow one after another. But they were standing there watching, like, we're going to see if she can actually get across this thing. <laughs> then we're going to go. <laughs> Be willing to do what others aren't willing to do. Every one of us are strong. You're bold in the Lord. But you got to make that decision for yourself. We tell you all the time, you are powerful. You are smart. You are wise. You are witty. You are this. You are that. Me saying it is great because that reinforces and um, um, echoes what God already says about you. But you yourself have to believe that in your heart. So much so that it's no longer my words. It's your very own words about your own self. Because that's one of the um, uh, reasons for the um, challenge that we're in, a 40-day dominion identity challenge where we each day identify an attribute of God, a good attribute, not a bad attribute, and then an attribute about ourselves, a good attribute, not a bad attribute, and then say it. Ultimately, what needs to happen is because as Christ is, so are we, that whatever's good about Christ through the power of Christ, I can walk that out. God, like, for example, God, because Christ is God in flesh form. God is wise. God, I thank you that I'm wise. God, you, 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 God, you are a planner. I thank you that I'm a planner. God, you show mercy. Thank you that I show mercy. That's one way of doing it. And what it does is it just reshapes your thinking. But more than anything, it activates your mouth.
So I gave you the clue uh, of what we want to deal with today. And um, it's simply how to speak as one with authority. How to speak as one with authority in the context of dominion. Exercising your right to speak as one with authority. Using your mouth for good and not for evil. Because through Christ, we've been given authority. We've been given authority. Thank the Lord for that authority. Because God's power, my Bible says, no foe can withstand. So if I speak what he says, by default, I'm releasing the power of God. But write this big idea down. And this is to you. This is, this is, this is a question. Actually, two questions. If you, comma, having authority to speak but don't, who is being affected by your silence? If you, comma, having authority to speak but don't, who is being affected by your silence? If you, comma, having authority to speak but don't, who is being affected by your silence? Because authority is given to make some stuff happen. Not just to say, I got authority, got the power. Mm. But it's there for a reason. It's there for a purpose. And this is one of the ways that we exercise dominion in our own personal lives, let alone the lives of others. Because the first one that's affected by your silence is yourself. So let's, we'll look at a, a, a couple of scriptures but I, I just want you to understand that, 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 that God is wanting us to watch our mouths. Look at somebody. Tell them, watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. When I was younger, my mother would uh, tell us siblings, um, watch your mouth, whenever we would say something that didn't align with her expectations. Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. Anybody have experienced that from a parent? Watch your mouth. And some may even have received so much as a, you know, little tap, tap right on the mouth there. <laughs> Lay hands on the mouth. <laughs> Watch your mouth. Why does a parent say that? Because that parent understands the power of words. And from the standpoint of a parent, you'll check a, a child quickly on the things that come out of their mouths. Do you think that God checks us on the things that comes out of our mouths? Not because he's trying to restrict you. But he wants to make you aware of the power that you have, that you need to harness this thing correctly. Because if I give you something and I don't give you parameters and a framework by which to use that thing, you could end up injuring yourself or injuring others. For example, I've never driven a tank before. I would like to, actually. You know, um, I, I hadn't written it down on my bucket list, but that just looks so fun to drive. Because I didn't seen on YouTube tanks just driving over stuff, and you can't stop these jokers. I like to think that kind of power, you know, would be kind of fun to actually be behind. Or even a wrecking ball. I would love to take a wrecking ball and just knock something down. That's just, I don't know, it may be like a boy thing, you know, because we like to knock stuff down. Uh, cause, you know, because back in the day, I would like to knock anthills down. And if something is up, just knock it down. And my man Elijah, we setting up the bowling pins. His, his birthday party was last week, and we just setting up the bowling pins. And he all the way over there. And this brother run out of nowhere and just come down and just knock them down. <laughs> I'm like, we setting them up for you, brother. What? And we, and, then, and we set him up again. He turned around. He, he won't knock him down again. What in the world is you doing? 
But our words are powerful. We can start wars with our words and stop wars with our words. We can offend and we can encourage. We can offend or defend with our words. Words are powerful. Don't let anybody uh, let you think that, oh, that prayer doesn't work. Because our prayer is much more than a moment of silence. The prayers of the righteous avail. So the prayers of the righteous are active. They can create stuff, change things. They can, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, bring, bring great resources into one's hand. But they can also destroy those resources just by your words. Don't let anybody tell you, especially being a believer, to keep your mouth closed. Now, if you're speaking that which is not of God, then you need to shut your mouth. <laughs> but open it wide if you're going to speak the word. Open it wide if you're going to release life, if you're going to release blessing. Because with that same vehicle, you can bless or you can curse. You can speak life or you can speak death. We do it every single day, all the time. Ecclesiastes, I believe, says, um, in the place of righteousness, wickedness was there. In the place of judgment, wickedness was there. In other words, we always have a choice between the right way or the wrong way. Two choices. In other words, just because you, you know, made a decision to do some things right by God doesn't mean that wickedness leaves. As Jesus told Peter, Satan desires to have you and sift you as wheat. He said, don't give him that privilege or don't give him that right. With our words, we can build, we can tear down. We even see on um, social media the power of words because even a written word came from the mind or the heart. So whether you speak it or you write it, it holds the same weight. And we've seen people lose jobs because of something they tweeted or posted on social media. I mean, just in a moment like that took maybe three seconds to uh, post or write or, or real quick, your 30 years of your career, bam, your reputation is shot, gone. And, and, and we say, oh, there's no power in speaking what you just spoke. You show enough believe there is power. That's Southern vernacular. But there definitely is power in the words you speak. God wants to bring us to a greater awareness of how we talking, what we talking about. Because whether you write it or you speak it, it's the same thing. It's, it's the same thing. And he's saying, listen, I want you to use this thing properly. Leverage your words because they are so powerful. One of the things that separates us, one of the things from animals is that we are able to speak. And our language is infinite. This is through, like, like research. Like, our ability to speak and have languages, it's infinite. It's infinite. There are over 7,000 languages in the world. 7,000 languages in over just 200 countries. Words are infinite. They're creative. They're productive. Which is why every time you see um, God wanting to do something, he's telling, he's speaking something. He's not just saying, I'm God, and then wave his hand. But he's speaking. He's saying something. Causing a change, causing a difference. With the given instruction, whatever it is, there's a, a definite purpose that can make things happen. Got people being investigated now for things they post and, and, and even being bullied. Bullied for things I post. Words are so powerful. They're so powerful. Let me give you a couple facts. 
because we'll get to some scripture, but just laying some foundation here. Everybody say, my speech is unique. Your speech is very unique. And, and these are my thoughts. These are, this is search. No two people speak exactly alike. No two people speak exactly alike. Which means that blows out the myth of, well, so-and-so says it better, so let me let them talk. Because that's what Moses tried to do. But God said, I will teach you what to speak. No two people speak exactly alike. Which means your voice is necessary. Necessary. It's necessary for you to open your mouth. I can pray for you. We can pray for you. The body can, you know, speak things on your behalf. But, but when you speak, for what you are dealing with or where you are to go, oh, that carries a lot more weight. Because at the end of the day, you can only bear your own cross. I can't give my cross to somebody else to bear. You can only walk your path. And I can't hand my path off to somebody to say, hey, walk that for me for about 10 years and then give it back to me. And then I'll continue on. So, no two people speak exactly alike. Hence, one is able to recognize the voices of friends over the telephone or, you know, um, be able to distinguish an interview over the radio where maybe four or five people are speaking. Your voice is that unique. There are two types of speech, um, I guess we can call it uh, uh, functions. You have your dialect and then your idiolect. Your dialect and your idiolect. So I'm going to move quickly here. Your dialect is a version of language spoken by a group of people. Version of language spoken by a group of people. So for example, we are in the body of Christ, you know, um, uh, we may call it Christendom speak or something like that, where you, you, you just know certain words that believers say. That's, that's your dialect of a group of people or your family Y'all speak a certain kind of way. Y'all understand each other. Y'all got your own dialect. Your idiolect is the way a particular person speaks at a specific time and distinct from others. It's a person's specific, unique way of speaking. We all have a specific, unique way of speaking. I'm just giving you clues as to why your voice is unique. Nobody else has it. The way you say it, at the time in which you say it, how you say it matters to God, but it matters to your life. Because that's the first thing God wants to change about a person is what they're saying, what they're speaking. Because when somebody comes to Christ, there's certain things that you can no longer speak and say and, 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 and release out of your mouth. Whenever, let's say you get a coach that, that you want them to uh, coach you in a particular area in, in life, they start to give you different words. And you're like, I didn't hear that before. They're wanting you to change what you're saying. Typically, people acquire a single language initially. Their first language or native tongue, the language used by those with whom or by whom they were brought up from infancy. Subsequent second languages are learned to, to, to uh, different degrees of, complete, of competence under various conditions. My apologies. So be careful of the second language. See, when we come into Christ, God's intent is to bring us back to our native language. Because in our mother's womb, we were being formed by God himself. And what happened in the garden was the enemy established a second language. Did God say? Because what happened was Eve now started speaking something different than what God said. And as a result, it influenced her greatly. Because this is a conversation that happened. 
See, Eve didn't just trip up one day because you don't drift or you don't just act, just bam, fall, you know. Um, um, there's, there's a drift. So there's a conversation going here. Different words to change what she was saying, thereby changing what she was believing in her heart. Hear me now. Because I can give you words to say, and from an external uh, a place where, I, where you repeat those words, if you say them long enough, you will start to believe them to be true. Ask every student who has ever gone to school and learned about evolution. If you repeat words, repeat words, we learned about planets. There's nine of them. But then, years, years later, we discovered that Pluto is not a planet, it's a star. I, I believe that's right, right, my educated people? I think Pluto's a star. One of them is like a, look that up for me, Shalise, and then, and, and, and then report back to me your findings. <laughs> Glory to God. A moon or something, yeah, like, like, like they don't call it a planet anymore. A dwarf planet. Okay, so it's not like a regular planet. You, you get what I was trying to say. Yeah. Be careful of the second language, because the second language reasons out God. You have to understand this, because God wants you to use your mouth. But the enemy wants you to, shh, shh, don't talk about the things of God. Talk about all these things over here. The second language reasons out God. It always reasons out God. The second language reduces God to our level and exalts man as a God. The second language does. You can do what God did. He's trying to hold stuff from you. You're just as powerful as him. Did God really say such and such? He's given Eve a different dialect, thereby influencing her idiolect, what she's saying. And as a result, it influenced what she believed in her heart. And as a result, influenced her actions. But it started with this thing right here. How do you fall in love? How do you build relationship? How do you fall head over heels with somebody? Because there's a lot of women that has a testimony of, man, that brother is fine. But as soon as he opened his mouth, he don't look that good no more. Anybody ever been there? You may not have said it, but you probably thought it. Well, I, I, I talk about me. Like, sister such and such look good. But as soon as she opened her mouth, how you doing? All right. <laughs> Let's keep it moving. <laughs> the second language encourages redefinition. The second language encourages redefinition. Speaking is so powerful. How, the way we are able to understand things is by actually identifying it. Let me teach you on identity. The way we can understand is by identifying a thing. Where if I point to it, you can say what? Thank you, projector. <laughs> if I point to it, you can say? If I point to it, you can say? Right. But the second language says that's not a tissue. That's a white thing. And everything you've ever known about tissue goes out the door because that's a white thing. It's not a tissue. That's not a phone. That's a rectangle. And everything you know about the phone goes out the window. This is, it, this is his MO of changing you from your native tongue to a second language. We'll say all other tongues. We'll call it man's wisdom. Because I want you to understand the distinction. Because when you use this mouth, you have to make sure that you're speaking what is in line with the Word of God. Because, you know, uh, there's, there's that term of if you don't have anything good to say, don't say it at all. I believe that to be true. Watch your mouth. Because we are to edify. We are to strengthen. We, 
we aren't to uh, um, um, get into gossip and going back and forth and all of those, because they lead to nowhere. They, they lead to nowhere. Because when you're moved by anger or unforgiveness or bitterness, that kind of stuff will come out of your mouth. And, and, and we're going to highlight an influencer of what comes out of your mouth. Just drop the scripture down, Luke 21 and 15. Because our dialect is the word. Our dialect is, is the word. And only God himself can teach you how to speak his word. Luke 21 and 15 says in the Amplified, For I myself will give you a mouth and such utterance and wisdom that all of your foes combined will be unable to stand against or refute. Exodus 4 and 12 in the Amplified says, Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and will teach you what you shall say. Luke 12 and 12 says, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour and moment what you ought to say. There are two divine differences of language from a one who has authority, a believer. Two divine differences, as you just said, one. Uh, one is, and this is actually a prerequisite to what we speak. It's called believing. It's called believing. Write that down. One major prerequisite of the words you speak is believing. Believing. Because we'll only speak what we believe. Why? Because with our heart we believe. Keep this, keep this you know, action in, in mind. What gets into the mind gets into the heart. What gets into the heart comes out of the mouth. Come on, let's say it. What gets into the mind gets into the heart. What gets into the heart comes out of the mouth. 2 Corinthians 4 and 13. You could just jot it down. It says, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore, I have spoken. We also believe, and therefore, we speak. The enemy wants to change your belief so that he can get you to speak different words, thereby creating a world that he wants as opposed to the world that God wants. Because a person who believes what they speak is powerful. Who speaks what they believe is powerful. See both sides? You believe what you speak, and you speak what you believe. That's a powerful person. There is no uh, two-facedness. There's no one way in, one way out. That's wholeness and soundness of mind, soundness of speech. That is a powerful person because you can't convince them otherwise. You need to watch out because they're going to knock you down because they believe what they say and they say what they believe. That is, that is the most powerful person on the, place of, on, on the face of the earth. And the most powerful person that has ever walked this earth is Christ because he believed what he spoke and he spoke what he believed because, what he, because, because it wasn't his words. It wasn't his words. He, he had to make a choice, too, to believe God's word. He was full of man. Had to make a choice to believe God's word. And speak what he believed and believe after he spoke it that he believed it. And as a result, you get the results of God, not the results of man, because he spoke the words of God. If you believe the words of man and speak the words of man, you'll get a man result every time. But when you use the dialect of God, the word of God, the vernacular of the word, and you believe it and you speak it, and you speak it and you believe it, you will get the results that God intended for you to get from it. Which is why the psalmist says, thy word I have hid in my heart so that I might not sin against you. But hiding that word in your heart is, 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 is for way more than just God so that I, 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 I might not sin. It changes stuff, transforms stuff. You come in contact with a believer who's speaking the word of God, who believes what they say and say what they believe. That's the kind of person I want praying on my behalf. That's the kind of person I want when, man, I, I, you know, I'm down and low because God uses the body to strengthen the body. I want that kind of person to speak into my life. Somebody that believes something greater 
and they're serious, not just telling me something to make me feel good, but there's a purpose and a reason for the word to change and transform, to cause things to be not as though they currently are. That's the purpose for it. And we must use that authority that we've been given to make those kinds of things happen. And it can happen through regular conversation. Because you cannot agree with a thing tactfully and speak a different dialect when you're having a conversation with somebody. You don't have to say, mm -hmm, yeah, I know, I know, I know. In that moment, you don't have to say, no, you're wrong. No, no, no. You just simply give them a different perspective. I do it all the time. A different per so that they can see a different side. Because most people don't know that there's a different way, that there's a better way. But, we be, we, but, but, but that's where we step in. We show you a better way, but we speak that better way as well. Because your words are so influential and so powerful. And we have to use them properly. Everybody say properly. Get in a habit of aligning your belief with God's. I'm going to say that again. Get in a habit of aligning your beliefs with God's. Because when you do that, that influences the words that you speak. You only speak what you believe. I believe God, but you, you, your words don't sound like it. If you truly believed God, I would hear a difference in your words. More than just a difference, I, I would actually, um, uh, um, uh, there will be fire coming out. There will be um, a, 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 a quickening. There will be a difference. And it's not about the um, uh, um, uh, volume of your voice. It's about the belief of your heart. That's where the weight comes from. That's where the weight comes from. So that first difference was believing. And that's from everybody else, from man. Because man is going to follow after the leader. Man has to see it before they believe it. But my Bible says, blessed are those who believe and they even haven't seen. There's a blessing on that. Belief. Now you speak. Second difference between all other dialects, all other languages, all other man's wisdom, the second difference between uh, uh, um, spirit-inspired words and man's words. Mark 1 and 22, you can just jot that scripture down, says, And, th and these are the uh, uh, Pharisees or Sadducees. And they were completely astonished at his teaching. For he was teaching as one who possessed authority, not the scribes. It is authority. That is the difference. That is why God wants you to open your mouth. That is why God wants you to speak. Because he's given you authority to speak. And when one has authority, everything else goes out the window. Because I love the picture that has been painted about the authority that a referee has. Though they're on the same field with players that are much bigger, much taller, much stronger, much faster than them, can hurt them, they have the authority to put them out of the game. They have the authority to say what is and what isn't, and they have to bow to it. Else they will get put out the game. That's the kind of authority that you have. You have the authority in your house, in your world, to say what is and what isn't. Because we like to say what is. What is, what is, what is, what is, what is. But we have an adversary. And you must also say what isn't going to be. Because what happens is, let's just use that football example. We're going to play the game and we're going to win and we're going to, you know, fight and we're going to, you know, da -da -da -da, offensive talking. We're going to score the goal. We're going to da -da 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 -da. We're going to. So you're saying what is. This is the game plan. We're going to do that. That's offensive talk. But defensive talk is saying what isn't. They will not get past this line. They will not. They will not make this field goal. We will block this kick. We are going to intercept this pass. They are not going to score. Say what is and say what isn't. Because we're not ignorant of the enemy's devices. Because we don't want to just, yes, God, you can do it. You got you to understand there's somebody behind you with a knife. 
where it keeps you alert. When you, when you say what is it, what is it? For example, when you come into Christ and you've been delivered from certain things, you know what isn't to be in your life anymore. Let's say you had a drinking problem and, 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 and you say, yes, no more drinking. But you say, this will not be a part of my life, which means the temptations may try to come. The weapon may try to be formed, but they don't have to prosper because you made a decision to say that. That's as far as you can go. You're not coming here. That's what dominion looks like. Dominion looks like this. You have a city. You have borders. And you say, hey, in here, you can flourish. Yes, we want this to take place here. But out here, you can't bring that in here. You can't bring that in here. You cannot bring this in here. Using your words, releasing those words because they are powerful. You're creating. This atmosphere will be an atmosphere of peace. Has, has anybody been the recipient of the effect that words can have on an atmosphere? Yeah. Yeah. God is saying use that every day, all the time, especially in situations where it's, like I said, downright hard. Because the enemy will play with your mind. But as soon as you start to speak, especially what God says, because his word is life and health to all your flesh, his word quickens your body. It's, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It causes things to happen when you speak his word. And when I say the things, the things that God intends, the supernatural things that only can happen by the way, by way of the power of God. Well, if it doesn't look like what you believe it should be, according to God, you have the authority and the right to start speaking, changing your dialect. Because somewhere along the line, you accepted a second language and you started saying something different and it started creating atmospheres and environments where things that you didn't want to intend were growing up. Not purposely. It's not that you were saying deaf things rise up and lack come, come, come into my house. It can happen simply because of one's silence. Because somebody else is speaking, and it's affecting your life. Ask me how I know. Every leader. Anybody ever uh, worked under a leader? You have politicians. That's why we pray for them. Because the words that they speak can affect my life. They don't have to come up in your house. They can speak an edict, write it down, and it's affecting your world right now. That's how powerful those words are. That's why there's God's system and the word system. Where you say, God, you are my source. I will not live out of this. But you have to believe it and say it. Say it and believe it. And make a decision to say, I'm going to do this God's way. Because God, your word has done stuff. I've heard too many testimonies. Financial testimonies, healing testimonies. Um, all kinds of testimonies. God, I choose to speak the word. Because your word makes things happen. See, authority is transferred. It's transferred through speech. He said, behold, I give you authority. Another translation says power. Authority is transferred through speech. Transferred through speech. I now pronounce you husband and wife. You now have the authority to live as husband and wife and reap the benefits of that. Where it says, uh, by the power invested in me, I pronounce. By the power invested in me, by the state of such and such, I pronounce. Because it doesn't happen until that's said. It's not official until someone who is in a position of authority speaks with authority to transfer it. Before the president starts functioning and operating, he has to speak something. And it's called the presidential oath. I do solemnly swear to fulfill all the duties of this office and such and such in front of a judge who has authority to transfer authority. Jesus transferred authority to us. He said, I gave you authority. Genesis 1. And God said, transferred authority. 
Be fruitful, multiply. At the moment in which he said it, he transferred authority. He said, take dominion, which means you have the authority. We, we want you to understand that you have the authority through the word of God to say what is and what isn't. That's why the verse is, 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 is important. Um, we can speak those things that be not as though they are. You say, well, I ain't never seen nothing. You better check your belief. I'm serious. You better check your belief because there's a scripture in Mark. Where are you at, Mark? Yeah, 11. Verses 20 through 24. We can read it. And you can turn there or tap there. Mark 11, 20 through 24. I'm going to read it in the King James. Because the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament is um, God ultimately wanted us to do things out of a, a belief, out of faith, out of uh, um, you know, from a heart, not just to, you know, kind of check off things off a list and say, God, I did this, 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 because their, their hearts weren't in it. You know, the children of Israel, you know, they just wanted to kind of get this thing out, you know, but the hearts weren't in it. So, so, so the actions, okay, cool, but the heart, it's about the heart here. So Mark 11, 20, 24 says, and in the morning, as they pressed by, they saw a fig tree Yeah, this, they saw the fig tree dried up from the root. So let me just kind of back up. Uh, so in uh, verses like 11 through 14, uh, Jesus was hungry. So he went to the fig tree to get some figs, but they weren't there. So he spoke to it. He said, may you never bear fruit again. So this is the next day. So in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Peter calling to remembrance, saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. And Jesus answered, saying unto them, have faith in God. That proves that primary difference between what man says, man's words, and God's words. Our response and other people's response. There's that belief. Have faith in God. And then he says, verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them in accordance with his will. Remember the parent example. If your child right now asks you for the keys to your car, and they're six years old, you're going to say no, or at least I hope you say no. Why? Because you're going to hurt yourself, and you're going to hurt somebody else. Not that I don't want to give you the keys. I want to give you the keys at the appointed time. That's why the Word says, commit your plans, your expectations to the Lord. Then they'll succeed, because He knows what you need. And there's a appointed time for things. But God, I asked and I spoke and I didn't receive it. Just keep it in God's hands and you keep moving forward. You keep having faith in God. He said, whatsoever, whosoever shall say to this mountain. Because when you are speaking now, you make a decision to speak to mountains. Let me give you this picture of a mountain. You, you really can't go around it. Let's just put it that way. Let's say you're standing at the base of a mountain. And you need to go straight. And, you, you know, you, and, um, uh, you can go left or right, but anybody knows anything about mountains, you know, it, you just can't. <laughs> it's, uh, because there's so many obstructions and so many things that's blocking. I can't go this way. I can't go that way. I can't go this way. And if I go that way, it's going to be so long, and I'm going to just end up somewhere else and not even going across to the other side to where I intended to go. Um, yeah, it's just a signal. Yeah. Um, 
but speak to mountains, meaning the hardest of the hearts. The hardest of the hearts. The most difficult and challenging. God, uh, Jesus said, hey, have faith in God, speak to it. Which is why we don't shy away from talking about diseases because there's those who, you know, oh, don't say it. No, 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 don't say it. No, say it. Speak to that mountain. Whatever the amount is, however much you owe, speak to it. Whatever's going on within the relationship or, or with, with um, um, uh, a, a mother and son or father and son, a mother and daughter, father and daughter, or marriage or whatever, whatever it is, speak to that. And he said, be thou removed. He's saying, don't back down when something as immovable as a mountain rears his ugly head in your life. He says, speak to it. He didn't say fast. He didn't say sow a seed. He didn't say worship. He didn't say, you know, and all those are good things. He said, speak to it. In other words, use this authority, this power that I've given you to cause a change. Speak what is and what isn't. One of the ways that we do this here, and we're about to wrap up here. One of the ways that we do this, it's found in 2 Corinthians 10 and 5, and then we'll close. We can turn there. Because I told you earlier, what gets into your mind via your ear gate or your eye gate, into your heart. What gets into your heart will come out of your mouth. 2 Corinthians 10 and 5. And it reads, I'm reading out of the King James. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Christ is saying, hey, this is how you deal with the things that influence what you say. He said, cast down imaginations. That's one. Write that down. You cast down imaginations. The ability to imagine something and just kind of go imagine. Because it didn't say, you know, certain. It said imaginations of all kinds. Imaginations of all kinds that are against the knowledge of God. And then it says, cast down every high thing. So, that's two cast downs. Cast down imaginations and high things. Because these are influencers of your speech. Why? Because they get into your mind and they get into your heart and they come out of your mouth. The Word says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, what's filling your heart will come out of your mouth, whether you believe it or not. It will come out of your mouth because it reveals the man. Well, I didn't mean it, but you said it, which means somewhere down in there. I didn't mean it the way you thought I mean it, but you meant something of it. I was just joking. You meant something of it if it came out of your mouth. There was something down in there that provoked it, which is why Jesus said, it's not what goes into the, a man or woman that defiles them. It's what comes out. What influences what comes out? Your heart. That's why the psalmist said, create in me a clean heart. Renew within me a right spirit so that I can worship you. Because if I don't have a clean heart, I'm not worship you, God, in spirit and in truth. And you, won't, you will not receive that worship. Because that's not a pleasing offering to the Lord. And then the third thing, bring into captivity every thought that's good and bad. Which means we aren't supposed to walk around like this. I don't want bad thoughts. I don't want bad thoughts. Give me good thoughts. Give me good thoughts. Like Peter Pan. Think happy, think happy thoughts. Think happy thoughts. Mm -mm. Every thought. Every thought. Don't be phased. If a thought comes, oh, my goodness, did I backslide? Stop. It's all right. Hey, thoughts are going to come. This is, this is the instruction on what to do with them, okay? You don't have to receive them. If they come, throw them out. If they're not in line with God's word, like it's, 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 it's really that simple because condemnation can grip you where, man, I, I had an impure thought. Oh, my goodness, God, I need to go back and, or I need to do. No, 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 no. He said, if, if you know it's impure, cast that joker down. He said, every thought and bring it to the obedience of Christ. 
Bring it to the obedience of Christ. In other words, if it agrees with the word and plan of God, you can follow it. Walk it out. But if it does not, you cast it down, it will bow at the feet of Jesus and be disarmed. Though the arrows come, the weapons formed, you don't have to prosper. The Lord never said that your fiery arrows won't be shot. That if they are shot, I'll take up my shield of faith and quench them. Casting down every thought. Why? Because you want to bring it to the obedience of Christ. Because those thoughts are what you may meditate on. And then they get into your heart. You want to meditate on the Word. Think about chew on, sila, consider the Word. And it will influence your belief. It will influence your belief. If your belief meter is a little bit low, check how much word you're chewing on and allowing to take up residence within your heart, Keep it, keeping it upon your eyes, keeping it upon your ears. If that belief level is a little bit low because it, it, it's just supernatural, when you start to get into that word, you start to change how you even see the world, and you start believing differently. And if you start believing differently, you're going to talk differently which means you will create a different circumstance. You will create a different atmosphere. You will get a different result every single time because God's not as man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he needs to repent. His word does work, and we have plenty of testimonies within this church and even within your life and affecting your family and, 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 and others that you may know and hold dear that, yes, his word works, but God is saying, hey, remember you have authority you can change this. Change your language. Release a different sound. Release a different word. Not just any word, but your native tongue. Speak those things that be not as though they are. God is saying, say what is, say what isn't. You have the authority in your own house, in your own life, affecting your your your, um, I guess, vocation, your career, affecting your um, uh, families or your friends, affecting even your neighborhoods, your, um, uh, uh, um, your financial world, affecting everything. You take that authority and you say something differently. And don't just say it once, but you keep saying it. Why? Because the Word says, ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. That's amplified. Knock and keep on knocking. Because I can say one thing today and, and another thing tomorrow, which means I really didn't believe what I said. That should be a clue, an indication that, oh, all right, God, I need to hold fast to this thing and not play with you here. Because your word does work. And it shall work for me. According to Mark 11, 20 through 24. Come on, stand to your feet. Luke 10 and 19 says, Behold, I give unto you power, which can also be translated as authority, to tread upon serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Because when the Holy Spirit fills you, it really takes you to another level, where you're, you're now endued with power, and the words with you the words in which you speak have a distinct purpose and reason for which you spoke it. The Holy Spirit helps to really harness your tongue because James, we didn't read it, but James talks about the tongue not being able to be tamed. You cannot control your tongue. You can't control your tongue. But you can control what influences your tongue, which is what we just got through talking about. Because, he, because you know, James said, with that tongue, you blessing and you cursing, and you just saying all kinds of stuff and all of that, and you, you know, you're trying to say the right things and all of that. The first thing you got to do is address this right here and say, God, I make a decision to release life. And if I see lack anywhere in my life, I make a decision to release life. And then with corresponding action, but it, starts, but it first starts with speaking something. God doesn't want you to just set that aside and you, you just do things and then you don't speak and release. 
it's important because your words have no geographical boundaries. They have no geographical boundaries, which is why you can pray for someone here in media who's living in Thailand and it affect their life. You see how powerful that is? How could we just stay silent? How could we say another thing? Because if I say another thing, that same word can go to that same person in Thailand and affect their life. But we are called to affect for good, to affect change for good. Show me a people where good is happening and the great things of God are springing up. I'll show you a people who have embraced their native tongue, who said, I will speak the word. In another word, I will not speak. I will speak the word. In another word, I will not speak. Because I know what my words do. They can tear down. They can build up. They can create. So right now in this moment, you've probably been getting downloads of something that may be going on in your life that is presently going on. But I want you in this moment to take authority and say what is, say what isn't. Speak those things that be not as though they are right now. 